right, welcome back to Sports Central. Penn State's Week 9 game will be against Illinois. We found that out yesterday afternoon. Uh, Nittany Lions with their third straight win uh, over uh, – Nittany Lions improving with with the win over Michigan State. Now we'll see if they can make it four in a row uh, against Illinois. And if they can win four in a row, then you would think they would certainly be in line for a bowl game. We were talking about that in the last segment, where would Penn State go? But this Illinois matchup, to me, is intriguing. We're going to welcome in uh, Nubias Wilborn from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And I say intriguing for this reason, Nubias. I think Penn State is ready to play. I think Penn State's going to come out ready to play this week. Why would Illinois be inspired to play after everything that's happened to them and then their coach, Lovey Smith, getting fired yesterday? I mean, I don't see why they want to play the game. I mean, and actually, let's even rewind this back a little bit further. By the way, thank you for having me on. This is a really great opportunity everything. Um, first of all, why did the Big Ten allow Minnesota and Wisconsin to play each other? Okay, I get it. Old rivalry goes back to, what, 1906. That's great. That's cute. The big game didn't happen. Ohio State and Michigan – excuse me. Ohio State and Michigan didn't play each other. That didn't happen. You go down south, Georgia Tech and Georgia didn't play each other. You know, Florida and Florida State didn't play each other. Minnesota and Wisconsin – you're not the only rivalry that did not happen this year. Sorry, you're just not. The, the conference should not have allowed that. The game should have been Penn State-Wisconsin. And then you know what? If it's, say, maybe you actually have Illinois playing against Michigan and maybe both schools decide, you know what? We're not going to go to a bowl anyway. There's no point in playing this game. Let's just book it and go home. Penn State, obviously, from what we've heard from the Zooms and everything, they want to get this win. And I I wrote this yesterday. James Franklin would want the opportunity to play that fifth game because he doesn't want to have that losing record. Yeah. He just doesn't. He won't say it out loud, but he does not want the losing record because, quite honestly, if you've gotten this far, you've been away from your wife and your kids that long, you're going to see it through at this point. Yeah, and you're now, talking about a three and you're talking about a three and five team. Is there any more inspired three and five football team in the country right now? I mean, that's where if you're Penn State, yeah, you're not going to overcome the zero and five start. But yeah. these guys, they are they are ready to play. I can't imagine Illinois is going to be ready to play. Whoever you get in a bowl oh. game, I don't know if they're going to be ready to play. But I think. Given the fight that we 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 saw, especially in the second half against Michigan State and Dubai, I, I think this Penn State team is um, they finally figured out they bought in and they want to finish the season strong. Hey, I mean they could have rolled over because that that kid Peyton Thorne for like those fifteen minutes of that third that second quarter, that dude like a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean he was just slicing it up. That receiver, I can't remember the kid's name, Jalen. He was pretty solid, and that running back was nice. I mean, but that second quarter. They were beating Penn State up. And they went into that locker room, and James Franklin didn't, said he didn't say much. But if you notice there, Corey, they didn't come out until about three minutes left on the clock um, for the game to restart. They did a quick little stretch, and then they got back in there, and they took that ball in that first drive. They just took it to yeah. Michigan State. They got a stop and just came back, and they outscored them 29-3, and they looked like – what we thought we were going to see throughout the season for a Penn State football team playing against a team that it's better than. Because as I said, when you reached out to me at the beginning of the year, 
I figured they would lose the Ohio State game because just because Ohio State's Ohio State. I figured they'd win every other game because they were just better. And I think somewhere in that Michigan game, Penn State just remembered that they're better. Because remember, um, the defensive coordinator, Rick Price, said, you know, I should have simplified it earlier. And he's right. Because sometimes when you're just better, you don't have to have the complex play because you're just better. And Penn State, I think, remembered in that second half, oh, wait a minute. These guys aren't as good as us. What are we doing? And then they beat the hell out of them. And they, and they should <laughs> beat Illinois. Now, again, it's 2020. Anything can happen. And if that happens, they go four and five. And I think I saw a bunch of projections for the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. One of the projections had potentially Penn State playing Virginia Tech, which wouldn't that be ironic? They were supposed to play Virginia Tech this year, and you end up getting that game back if that ends up happening. Or maybe they get NC State in that bowl game, depending on you know, which prognosticator picked it. But, yeah, nah, them, them kids want to play. I mean, they're locked in. Will it, is it wise? We'll find out. But I commend those young men, and this is also where college football kills his own mystique. This team should be a huge story. Yes, they're 3-5. and five. No, they're not going to the college football playoff. No, they're not going to New Year's Six Bowl. And maybe we shouldn't be having bowls at all because of the pandemic. But, to come back from where they came back from. Nobody opted out. Of course, now we don't know what's going on with Jason Oway with his injury, whatever that injury is, because they don't tell us what injuries are. Um, we don't know what's going on with Devin Ford. I am a little bit concerned with how many times Levis and Clifford have to run the ball, especially Levis, because he took some of the hardest hits I've seen in a football game in a while. That one run where I think it was like a fourth down there, and he didn't get it. Or was it, it was a third down? You, you know what I'm talking about? And I do, yep. He ran into that line, and that stadium was so quiet. You could just hear. And for you guys who don't know, our press box is really high at that stadium. You could hear the hit. You could feel it. The thing that's interesting ah. about Levis, we're talking with Nubias Wilburn from the Pittsburgh's po- Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're always, you know, hey, let him throw the ball, let him throw the ball, which they finally did. But let's take a look at what the running game situation is, okay? So Devin Ford's not playing. You've, you've basically You're got... Yeah, right. You've got, you, you've got uh, Kevon Lee, because I Holmes didn't play much. So basically, they're using, they're just using Will Levis as another yeah. running back option. Uh, I, I would like to see him develop more throwing the ball. And again, he did get a couple of opportunities. But right yeah. now, they're just they're just trying to get by because they just yeah. don't have the depth at the running back spot. No, I mean, listen, when you – I mean, and I mean, Coach said it. Like, hey, when you go out there with your fourth string running back, and, and listen, and Kevon has a bright future. I think Kaziah Holmes could be good. Um, I don't know what's going on with Devin Ford, what, what happened there, because they both warmed up and passed him in Oway, as well as Tariq Castro-Fields, the corner who I, I don't know what's going on with that because he hasn't played in the game since Maryland. Um, they keep saying he's going to be back, and then he shows up to the game to work out, and then he doesn't play. So I don't know what's going on, but, yeah, like you said, I mean, they're just piecing it together. It should be enough to be Illinois, but, you know, when you don't have running backs, man, I mean, do they have an emergency running back? Is that even possible? Other than Levis? His, name is, his name is Will Levis. That's the, that's, mean, my, that's my, the emergency I, I, running back. <laughs> so, 
tell you what, I, I, I hope that guy got all the treatment that he needed, yeah. all the cold baths, hot tubs. He's a tough dude, man. He's a, he's a tough my dude. God, Let's, that uh, kid got hit a lot. I want to ask you about uh, Sean Clifford and the offense, um, because Clifford certainly did not play well early on and was benched. But you know what? Since, since uh, taking back the starting job, he's played under control much better. Uh, he's not forcing things. We, we talked with Kirk Shiraka, the offensive coordinator, a couple weeks ago, said Clifford was trying to be too perfect. Uh, Sean Clifford fe- probably felt like he had to do everything himself when he's got all these running backs out. And it just it's just one of those things where if we could start the season over again, you know, if we could start the season over right now and have everything play out again, uh, keep in mind, they, they probably should have won the Indiana game anyway on that crazy call. Yeah, no, they, I mean, listen, man. There's a reason why DraftKings and some of these books returned the money on those bets. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, Penix didn't But, hey, you know what? Indiana has shown themselves to be a good football team, a worthy football team. And quite frankly, while I'm on here, they should be in the conference championship game, not Ohio State. I don't care that Ohio State's better. I don't care that Ohio State beat them in a the game. Ohio State didn't play the requisite games. And they literally changed the rules. Last time I checked, if I'm playing a game and you change the rules in the middle of it, that is called cheating. That's a whole other conversation. But to go back to the other point, yeah, I, if Penn State wins that Indiana game, they probably still lose to Ohio State. But I bet you they don't get drubbed the way they do by Maryland. No way. They would, I, they would come out uh, with something to play. The problem with the Maryland game is Penn State's 0-2. They didn't have anything to play for. Their yeah, goals, the goals were gone. The goals yeah, were gone. And so, then, and so then the losing becomes a habit. It becomes a build. Because that Nebraska game, I was there, and I will tell you, man, they – other than maybe a few plays here and there, they look like a team that didn't want to be there because Nebraska's not good at all. Now, I think if Penn State played Nebraska over again, they beat them by 20. Um, the game I'd be more interested in seeing them play, and I wish they would have allowed this, even though they said no crossover matchups. I would love to have seen Penn State play Iowa again right now. Interesting. Yeah. Iowa bullied them yeah. at Beaver Stadium. I would love to see how Penn State would play in a revenge game against them. And, and Obviously, they didn't set it up, but I mean, but why keep why not allow the crossover match if you let Minnesota and Wisconsin play? Well, you know, whatever, man. Now, it's all silly. But. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. You were uh, you were the only Penn State media member to go to Nebraska. Is that correct? No, I think uh, if somebody else was there. Um, Corey, uh, not Geiger. Uh, you're Geiger. Uh, Pickle, Greg Pickle. <laughs> Greg was there. Yeah, that was it. So that's the. That's yeah, the smallest. That, games, it's been weird. Yeah, yeah, that's the smallest media contingent that Penn State football has had in anybody's lifetime, Dubai. So you come in first year on the beat, <laughs> you're making history in a pandemic. Because look, a lot of the media is not traveling. We can do games on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, I went to I went to Indiana. I went to Rutgers. Most people didn't go to Rutgers or Michigan or anything. But Nebraska been to every game, and you went all the way out to Nebraska. So how do you feel <laughs> making? Making your mark on the Penn State beat, uh, being part of the smallest media contingent to watch a Penn State football game in probably 50 years. It's still bizarre. It's still jarring. Um, I will share one memory with you is um, being in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because there weren't a lot of guys in the Michigan game either. I think Penn, Penn Live sent its photographers, and Lions 24 7 was there, and that was it. Um, being in the, like, obviously, you've been, you've been, you've been in the big house. So, you know, there's, there's a golf course across the street, right? Mm-hmm. 
all right, rumor has it they make more money parking cars there for those six or seven home games than they make being a golf course. Because they literally will park the cars on the golf course. You know, probably 40, 50, however many bucks a pop, right? As the Michigan game is going on, you look over in that north end zone and you see people playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Michigan and Penn State are playing each other. And it, it, for a minute, it kind of distracted me because I'm kind of like, I wonder if one of them have a radio. You know, were they listening to the game? Would one of those guys have been in the game if they could have? Did they care? Did they care? That was the no one cares bowl. Exactly. So, like, did they just, it didn't even feel like it. And I think that's the most jarring thing about this all, Corey. Like, if you look, only at the field, it's like, okay, Penn State is playing Rutgers or Penn State's playing Nebraska. You know, you talk about Nebraska, all those Memorial Stadium games and running that triple option offense. I mean, I wasn't a fan, but I was very familiar with the Nebraska program during their heyday. These are two of the top ten winningest programs of all time. Two very classic-looking uniforms. And so when you look on the field, Okay, that's Nebraska, Penn State. There's the, you know, the big offensive lineman. All the things we think about, you know, that old school Big Ten and even if you go back further, Big Eight football, right? As to what it looks like and what a matchup between Penn State and Nebraska looks like. But then you take a moment, you pull your eyes up a little bit. Yeah. And it's empty. There's no band. There's no cheerleader. There's nothing. It's just the football. And quite honestly, it was really bad football because both teams weren't good at the time. But it just is really jarring, and it's very hard to explain this to people. Because here's the other thing, and I didn't realize how much I missed this sound, Corey, is not when the home team comes out, but when the visiting team comes out of that tunnel for the for that last time, like when they're fully dressed, getting ready, and the PA announcer, you know, I, and I don't know, I'm sure he said something at Penn State, but I haven't heard it because it's not a thing. Um, I know UGA used to be give a warm Georgia welcome to the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, yeah. And it's just and it's that, quiet, ooh. quiet. Yep. And it's so no, no. Or it's just like it was that that hard boo. Yeah, yeah. Like, Typically, oh, but oh. out there it was probably real quiet. You didn't hear anything. Oh, it was so quiet. It yeah, was so yeah, quiet. Yeah. I mean, because the PA not didn't even do it. I didn't even realize. <laughs> no, Penn State's going out on the field. <laughs> or like at Michigan, like they share that same tunnel. And here's another one that really struck me. And we've all seen it. If you've ever watched college football game, you watch the game at Michigan, you've seen that big blue banner they bring out. Because they, they share that same tunnel on the other side, right? Both teams come out of the same tunnel. We've seen the arguments and all the things that are said out of that tunnel. But when Michigan is coming out of that tunnel and they're jumping up to hit that banner, I swear on everything, I felt like I could hear the slap of the banner. Because right. there was nothing else happening. Good story, man. Good story. Nubias, appreciate it, buddy. That's a good insight, man. Nubias Wilborn from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for your time, pal. Enjoy the rest of your week. Same here, brother. Thanks, man. All right, we'll take a break. Wrap things up after this. The